Hello, fellow gamers, and welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. On Thursdays like today, we break down recent gaming news, and this week in particular brought just so much to talk about. In case you all missed the announcement on Monday's show, Michael has stepped down as a regular host of the show. Uh, Basically, in a nutshell, he's just in a season of life that's brought some hardship, so he's reorienting some things in life, which we completely understand. But I do want to say once again, just a huge thank you to Michael and everything that he's done for us over the last year and a half. He is an absolutely incredible friend of ours. He's one of the easiest people to get along with and to have fun with. If you want to hear the full announcement, go ahead and check out last Monday's show. I am your host, Paul. And today, I have never been more hyped about a Twig episode. We're going to be talking about Final Fantasy XVI, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Blizzard's upcoming survival game, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and X Defiant. Spoiler alert, I'm crazy excited about every single one of these games. It's been very hard for me to contain myself. Joining me, am I crazy here, Josh, or did we get Christmas early in 2023? It is finally a good year to be a gamer, man, because I don't know what happened in 2022, something (laughs) called COVID or something like that, but man, gaming sucked. And now we're reaping the the like the reward yeah. of all these delays and these game developers taking their times on their games and stuff like that. Dude, this is like uh, this is like going to Ferrari dealership, man, where it's just like <laughs> I'll have one of those, I'll have one of those, I'll take that one and I'll take that one. <laughs> How many Ferraris do you own, Josh? Oh, I mean, just a couple. (laughs) Just two? Yeah. All right, let's start off by talking about Final Fantasy XVI, and I feel the need to apologize to the audience. I have said before, I'm not a huge Final Fantasy guy. I've only played, I think, three titles, and I only beat Final Fantasy VII. We have not even breathed the the words Final Fantasy XVI. We got a PlayStation State of Play. It was 25 minutes total. It showed 20 minutes of like real, actual gameplay footage. I think this might be the best state of play I've ever seen. Almost every single thing I saw in this made me want to get my hands on this game right away. It releases in two months, Josh. This is not that far down the road, and we have not even talked about it. I feel like we've kind of let this one slip by to our own detriment. I will say apologies to all the Final Fantasy fans out there. Um, I used to love Final Fantasy. I, I mean, I, I was one of those guys that said Final Fantasy VII is one of the best RPGs ever made. I get, you can't say that anymore because it's so dated. But at the time, it was great. Yeah, Just, yeah, yeah. Trust me. Okay. But then, <laughs> you know, but then Final Fantasy got weird to me. Like, it just became very, like, modern in a weird sort of way, I played the Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I thought was top-notch. I played Final Fantasy Online, I think, what is it, 14 Online? It was before they did the Realm Reborn thing, so this was, like I guess, when it was bad, but I had some fun with that. And then I just kind of phased out on Final Fantasy. It's dudes driving around in cars now, and then like dragons, and I'm like, what is this weird mix of like modern day and then fantasy? I just want fantasy, man. Just give me magic and dragons and stuff, right? <laughs> so I did kind of take a step back from the franchise. And I'll be honest, if you hadn't said, Josh, check out this trailer for Final Fantasy 16, I probably would have just never paid attention to it. Yeah. Dude. Dude. Dude, this trailer <laughs> is bananas. And now the only thing I can think of when I'm watching this, I'm 15 minutes in. I'm watching the insanity that's going on on screen right now. And the only thought running through my head is I need to borrow Paul's PlayStation 5. I know. It's a timed exclusive. It's only on PS5 at first and you don't have one. And I'm just <sighs> watching this going, 
I want to deep dive this. We gotta yes. play this game. It looks incredible. I I almost messaged you and I was like, let's let's buy you a PS5 with some podcast I, money because I want to play I, it. I'll sell one of my Ferraris, Paul. Because <laughs> now I want to play this game so much. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess we should talk about the let's trailer why. so that yeah, people yeah, yeah. understand. But just understand that this you need to go look at this trailer because. I I was like everybody else that really hasn't paid attention to Final Fantasy in a while, where I was just like, it's just going to be more that yeah. And then I started watching it, and I was like, dude, this might be one of the best trailers or coolest looking video games I have seen in a while, man. And it only gets better. Like it starts off good, where right off the bat, I was like, oh, this game looks awesome. And then they just start telling you more and more and more. Where I think like the last eight minutes are the best eight minutes of the whole state of play. So, like, one of the things that really stood out to me, because when I hear Final Fantasy, I immediately think turn-based combat, right? Because we're all Mm -hmm. so used to that with Final Fantasy. This one is exclusively an action RPG. They said this is the first one. It's purely action. There is no turn-based combat. And it is incredibly fast-paced. And they are giving you tons of abilities to learn and tinker with where you're running around as this dude named Clive. He's a younger guy in his 20s. They said there's going to be flashback sequences. So you learn more about the character's past. So this is very friendly for people who do not normally play Final Fantasy. Jump in. It's a new story. It's a new format. And I don't know what to say other than the combat in this game looks beautiful the whole time i just kept thinking these are the greatest effects i have ever seen on weapons and on abilities there's like lightning and fire ice shards uh you swing a sword and there's like a phoenix that like comes out and flies through the air there's like so much going on on the screen at all times it is so fast-paced it does not really look or feel like Final Fantasy games for me, but then again, I haven't played any of them in over a decade, so I I don't know if they've been trending this way a while and I just haven't been paying attention, but oh my goodness, everything about it looks great, it sounds great, I thought the dog animations looked really weird, that was like one of the only things I was going to kind of complain about. But they call this game a high-speed roller coaster ride, and that is exactly what I think we're getting. I, they really broke everything in this game down. They they broke down the characters. They broke down the combat. They broke down some of the menus and the hideout, I think is what they called it. Is yeah, that the, the hideout. That, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So they broke down the hideout area. They went back to the combat and talked about how dynamic it is. Now, understand, this is Final Fantasy. This is... Uh, over the top as far as you know animations and graphics and stuff like that there's a gajillion particles on the screen your character doesn't swing his sword he swings his sword and then a thousand blade cuts happen (laughs) you know and numbers are popping up all over the screen it is an absolute spectacle i'm here for it man like honestly uh, you know i uh, every minute that i watched of this i thought was just fantastic then they started showing off some of the environments And they spent a solid, I feel like it was five minutes going through the different environments in this game. And they looked so good to me, dude. This is not like Skyrim where it's like, well, check out this snowy part of the world. And then look, there's a mountain over there and you might find a cave. Yeah. These are alien landscapes. These are the most fantastical like imagery that you could imagine. And it was beautiful. This like, I feel like this game is taking full advantage of the PS5's power yep. because some of these uh, environments were 
absolutely top notch. That I never, I, I, I'm the guy that hates the fly through of the game. I like, <laughs> yeah. I am. I'm like, dude, I don't care what your cities look like. I don't care what your mountain ranges look like. I'm not going to spend my time flying through these things. You know, just show me the gameplay. But when they were showing these environments, I was just like, oh, it's so beautiful, man. Oh, oh, look at that area. That's really cool. I want to go there. It really, it, 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 I was impressed. So I think that it might be a little controversial, but they did say that you're going to fight with companions. They join and fight with you. You don't have to control them. I think some people are not going to like that. Normally, I don't like the idea of AI-controlled bots fighting with me, but I will say that sometimes turn-based RPGs can just really get stuck in the weeds where combat takes so long because you control every character. We kind of talked about that a little bit with Pillars of Eternity 2. Um, in this environment where it's an action RPG, it, it just looks like a lot of fun to me. I don't have an issue with that. And then toward the end of this trailer, oh. they talk about oh, these man. giant cinematic fights with the icons. And all I kept thinking was, no one's done this since the original God of War trilogy that I can think of. Like, why are people not giving us these giant, massive bosses that are going to be longer fights? I hope they're difficult. And it's like you see these long sections where now you're riding on a phoenix and you're fighting in the air and then you're like running around this giant boss tail. And like the icon fights look so well done and so epic in scale. Everything about this game just spoke epic to me. The sound design, the uh, ability effects, these giant icon fights, it all looks so good. Dude, for fans of the series or people maybe that are like me and kind of lost interest for a little while. So the icons are your summons from the older Final Fantasies. And so if you have ever summoned Bahamut or Ifrit or Shiva or Leviathan or, you know, the Phoenix or any of these things and they just wreck your enemies, that's what these icons are. And you get to fight real time combat Mm -hmm. another Icon, I'm going to call them icons because that's what they're calling them now. But you, you know, they're summons for the older folk. Like, and these were the most over the top combat sequences I can imagine. There was one point where Ifrit is fighting, I think Shiva or Rama or something like that, and it looked like it was Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it literally went. The game went too. from like. Final Fantasy to a 2D fighting game with the Frit on one side and Shiva on the other, or Phoenix, or I don't, they showed a bunch of different ones. And you're going at it, and this is not a cutscene. Yeah. You were tearing into them. You're blasting them with fire breath. I was like, dude, I want to play that game. <laughs> yeah, just a final note here. Um, there's also a character in the game that is named Sidolphus Telamon. And it's voiced by one of my all-time favorite voice actors. His name is Ralph Ineson. Uh, you might know him as the father in The Witch. What went we out into this wilderness to find? Leaving our country. Kindred. Our father's houses. But I just wanted to bring that up, that his voice acting sounds like it's going to be a really integral part of this game as well. In addition to that, there's a hunt board where you get to take on bounties. Um, there's little throwbacks to the NES Final Fantasy games. So there's like a historian. And as you learn lore in the world, you tell him. And then they actually played like the old NES 8-bit yeah. uh, theme of Final Fantasy, which I thought was awesome. I have quite the find for you today. 
There is some button mashing quick time events. I was wondering what you thought about that, Josh. I will say that one event that they showed, I was completely fine with because the perspective uh-huh. from the event was was awesome. It's like some weird black hooded wraith, weird looking guy, and he's standing over you. And it's just the most like intimidating thing ever. And even though you're button mashing, it was just so well done that I was like, dude, I'll mash that button. I'll mash that <laughs> button all day, man. Like, what's going on here? I... I've never gone from caring less about a franchise to like, I absolutely need to play this game because everything in this game looks so incredibly well done. And just like every other final fantasy, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you could easily sink a couple hundred hours into all aspects of this game. If you wanted to, everything looks super polished, the menus, the skill trees. I mean, there's so many things you can customize between your weapons, your characters, your skill trees, your, your, allies uh your height i mean it, it's endless it seemed endless i could not think of a game where i watched the demo and i went this is so polished this is so over the top this is so beautiful how have we not known about this before <laughs> i know it's it's wild so i it might sound like we're on square enix's payroll and we are yeah. not. <laughs> not um if they want Go to paypal it. us that's fine yeah. uh, this is these are just our honest opinions all right, so before we jump into the next story here, Josh, do you mind telling the people a little bit about why they should care about our Patreon page? Well, that's kind of what keeps this podcast alive. <laughs> so we, you know, we we talk about it all the time, and we are a listener-funded podcast. We would not exist if it was not for the support of our listeners. So if you are a longtime listener, and you know you, you've been listening to the show for a while. We could definitely use your support. If you're a new listener and you're like, "Man, I love what these guys are doing," we could definitely use your support. Like I said, it's what keeps the podcast going. I'll be honest with you. If you're like, "Hey, I I love you guys, but I'm sorry, I just don't have the finances to do that right now," we 100% understand, and we are super glad you're with us. Think about leaving us a review, maybe telling a friend. There's all kinds of ways that you can help the podcast out. But if you if you think, you know what, I want to I want to support these guys. I want to, you know, make this all possible. You can head over to multiplayersquad.com. You can sign up for as little as 5 bucks a month. You can cancel it anytime. It's super easy to do, so there's no obligation or anything there, but it really does help us out and we're very appreciative of it. Oh, absolutely. Very, very appreciative. And and thank you to our current Patreon supporters. Yeah. All right. So I know that we have been talking a lot lately about Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, but we did not know a whole lot about this game even just a month ago, and now they've given us little morsels and bigger morsels leading up to the release. Um, they did release the final pre-launch trailer. I think all of our listeners have probably already seen it. Our Discord kind of blew up when it first released. This is one of the best late marketing pushes I've ever seen in a game. I knew a lot of people that were not terribly excited about Zelda Me. leading up, including you. Me. I was one of them. I'll including Michael. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden now we get a couple of fantastic trailers and everybody I know seems to be really excited. It releases less than a month from now. It comes out on May 12th. I mean, I don't even know what you want to talk about in this trailer, but we see tons of sky islands, sinkholes in the desert, bubbles that you ride in the air, uh, giant, goofy, Jimmy rigged machines running around yeah. in the world. There's like laser beams that you're skydiving through. I mean, I, what else could you want from a Zelda game? This seems to have everything. I I have 
infamously been very blasé about Tears of the Kingdom. I remember when they when we saw the first trailer, I think I even said it just looks like kind of more of the same to me. And then they showed off the fusing and the ultra hand stuff and some of the crafting and how you can make boats and wind machines and stuff like that. And I kind of went, oh, okay, like, yeah, this is this looks neat. I see what they're going for. Boy, this trailer is what got me legitimately hyped. <laughs> and if you want to know how hyped I am, I asked off work for the day that this game releases. Now, they're not going to delay it because they already said it's gone gold. Nintendo doesn't delay games. So we're safe, everybody. I, you know, normally I would apologize up front, but I, I have never seen a company release a trailer this close to release that actually got me so excited about what the game actually is. Dude, it looks like we are going to return to the old school like Zelda dungeons, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the puzzles in the game look incredible. They showed off little snippets of that. Um, they showed off some of the combat and the fusing. At one point, Link has his shield glued to his sword, yeah. which I thought was really <laughs> neat. You know, they are showing just the most fantastical things. Um, you know, little things that I, I didn't realize I even missed from some of the like the old trailers, like going into town and having the townspeople wave at you, you know, when it's like, oh, let me go check out the vendor. Maybe I can buy some new gear or something like that. Um, yeah, laser like that you you shoot this machine and then all these laser beams shoot out and blow up all or tear down all these like fortifications for this base. At one point, it looked like you had a siege tower. This is the janky machine thing that you were yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about. <laughs> it almost looks like you built a walking siege tower yeah. and you were walking it towards some enemy that has like another janky siege tower thing and, and you're about to fight. Yeah. And I was like, what is this, man? It's like makeshift dude, mechs. <laughs> dude, there was so many things in this trailer that I just caught my eye and made me realize this game is going to be fantastic, dude. Like, I, I have been very down on it. You know, we call Breath of the Wild a little bit overrated. I, I love that game. It's phenomenal. But I am so optimistic now about Tears of the Kingdom. I, it's 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 crazy to go from what I was to what I am right now. <laughs> yeah. it's We're going to have such a killer's row of Game of the Year nominees at the end of 2023. It's, it's shaping up to be an amazing year. We're absolutely going to deep dive Tears of the Kingdom. We'll try yep. to get that one out as soon as we can. Luckily, we both own Switches, so at least we yes. have we have the consoles. <laughs> and uh, this is this one will be a lot of fun. Even the whole time reversal thing is going to add a lot of new content. Like you see one guy fling a rock, and then Link reverses it in time, so then it shoots back and then hits the guy who actually threw it. You know, stuff like that is very inventive. I love the whole idea of reversing time. I think it's going to be really awesome. All right, well, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back, and we'll dive into some Jedi Survivor. Okay, Josh, we are back. Hard to believe that this is actually being pushed to the second half of this episode, but Star Wars Jedi Survivor releases on April 28th, only a couple of days away. We got the final gameplay trailer. Uh, Shockingly, this did not have as much gameplay as I would have thought. We keep getting these trailers that are labeled gameplay trailers, and it does have some, but this is not like Final Fantasy 16, where we saw 20 straight minutes of actual nonstop gameplay. But I think that this had some really exciting stuff to see in regards to the combat in particular. I did not finish playing Jedi Fallen Order, uh, only because we were busy with other games for the pod. I enjoyed elements of it. I am very excited to be able to play this one. And especially when I see stuff like, uh, what's his name? Cal Kestis. Is that the yeah. main guy? Mm-hmm. You see him like wall running. 
and then he does like a dash midair and then slices a stormtrooper's leg off. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, if we start getting into some more like realistic, in quotes, lightsaber combat where you're like dismembering people, I think that's a really cool aspect of it. Dude, this this trailer, I, I'll tell you what makes me really excited about what we saw in this latest trailer and what I'm hoping for in this game is Jedi Fallen Order was beautiful. They nailed every environment. They nailed the animations and stuff like that. Like, it's really, really good. One of the things that they showed off, and I think was their intent on this, was more of the cinematic pieces mm-hmm. in this one because they've shown off some of the combat. You know, it is going to be a little bit more brutal. Um, you know, watching the stormtrooper's leg get cut off was super cool. Um, but there were a couple moments where, you know, you're on a speeder bike and you grab the scout trooper that's next to you and then you fling him up in the air as a TIE fighter is coming down (laughs) and you sling him into the TIE fighter, dude. When you see something ill, you know what I mean? That's whoa. whoa. Anything ill you see is whoa. That's awesome. That where I was like, whoa. Whoa. And then there's another part where there's an ATST and you're you're you know you're dodging the blaster fire and then it shows Calcestis on top and you open up the little lid and you force grab the dude out and sling him out of the ATST. And that's when I was like, whoa. whoa. Then there's another fight where you're fighting a bounty hunter and the bounty hunter goes flying over you with a flamethrower, just you know, tearing a streak across the ground and you dive out of the way. And I was like, whoa. whoa. It's just there's so many things that they were showing off like these moments where I felt like that was a little bit of what the first game lacked in that regard was that huge over the top cinematic stuff like it tells a great story. And and I've said that the ending for Fallen Order has one of the best video game moments that I can remember. And I feel like they're going for more of that in this game, which I am all about because I love Star Wars. I love some of those things. They showed off some mysterious Jedi guy that's in a Bacta tank that apparently is going to play a big role. I actually tried to cheat and look up who that was. Everybody's like, we don't know. I, I just I feel like this game is going to nail the gameplay elements. It's going to drastically advance the cinematic elements. We know that there's open world nature to it. The combat looks uh, a lot more varied uh, in the different lightsabers you can get the different stances a little bit more brutal which i like to see everything that i saw in this just has me excited for this game it's really shaping up nicely best we can tell and uh you didn't even mention you get to fight the rancor from return of the jedi down in the pit you see yeah Yeah. Uh, dude that's there were so many cool moments man like i said bounty hunters other jedi uh just crazy stuff happening i really feel like this could be a dark horse as far as how well this game might actually turn out. Like, I think we're all expecting it to be good. I don't think anybody's going to be like, Oh, I don't think, but I, I it's kind of like fallen order. I, I still, to this day, think fallen order was one of the, uh, more underappreciated games or like less hyped games that turned out really, really good in my opinion. And I feel like Jedi survivor hopefully is going to come out and just blow everybody away to the point where they're like, well, I have to play this game now. Yeah. One last thing to mention about it that I am also interested in is the fact that it's going to have these Jedi chamber trials, which are kind of compared to like the shrines in Breath of the Wild. So the idea that you're going to be able to find these in the open world and knock out some puzzles along with combat, that really speaks to me in open world games. So this one, I'm I'm very excited to jump in and play, even though I don't know that it was really on my most 
anticipated list going into 2023, but it's really grown in estimation as we just get more and more. All right, let's move on and talk a little bit about Blizzard's upcoming survival game, which was previously codenamed Odyssey. But as we've gotten more leaks over time, it does appear that at least for now, this is the actual working title of the game. The game is still unannounced officially, <laughs> so take all this with a grain of salt. Um, but there have been, you know, quite a bit of, of of information released, especially recently. Supposedly, the game is nearly finished, which is really exciting, especially since we haven't seen very much yet. That means they're kind of waiting until it's pretty well polished. Anytime Blizzard comes out with a new project, you have to pay attention because yeah. the last one was Overwatch, which is still one of the most popular games, and it's seven years old already um so we did get some info about this one not a whole lot we do know that it's a survival game we know that it will be in a fantasy setting it's gonna have like elves and dwarves that kind of stuff and the animation style will be what you would predict from blizzard it's a little bit more cartoonish i'm guessing it's probably gonna look something similar to overwatch or world of warcraft and it's going to involve both magic and technology. So I kind of think about like the gnomes inside or um uh yeah, the gnomes in World of Warcraft where they use bombs and machinery and stuff along with magic users. So they did say that this game is compared probably closest to Conan Exiles, which I thought was interesting because I never played it. Did you ever play that one? That's it was a weird comparison for me too, because I never played it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I remember it coming out and I remember thinking like, isn't that an MMO? But apparently it's not an MMO, which is why they use that comparison. And and the information that we have is this is not going to be an MMO. No. What people think it's going to be is almost akin to like an ARC server or like a Rust server where you have a finite amount of people that are on a map and share a map. Yeah, and, and so fight it for definitely will be online all the time kind of type game, but it is not going to be a super huge just as unlimited people. It is going to be limited. You are going to compete for resources and things like that. We have zero clue if PvP is going to play a huge portion in this. All we really know is that it is a survival game. It will focus on survival elements. I love survival games. I've learned that. You know, um, I like gathering. I don't mm -hmm. like crafting so much, but oddly enough, like in Rust, I love just chopping down trees and pickaxing rocks and stuff like that. Oddly enough, it's kind of relaxing until somebody shoots you. Um, but we know that we're going to have the Blizzard polish on this game. Uh, say what you want about Blizzard, but you know their motto is gameplay first, and that that I mean that's true, dude. I I mean I'm not a fan of every Blizzard game, but it's kind of hard to slander any game that Blizzard has made as far as like oh that's not a good game, and so. You put all that together, and I'm fine with the cartoony graphics. Like, I don't need ultra realism. That's not Blizzard's thing anyway, yeah. know, as far as that goes. So I am, I am very excited for this because I've kind of been hankering for a survival game. Um, I, you know, I like the, the, the way that they're doing it with it kind of having a server and you're competing against other people because I like that aspect of competition and stuff as well. Yeah, I do wonder on the pendulum, is this going to swing more toward cooperative play like Valheim because there is a large portion of this game that'll be exploration which Blizzard's never done before so I'm very curious to see how they work that out but is this going to be more cooperative or is this going to go more of the rust route where you're going to be fighting other clans and breaking into other people's bases through raiding we just don't know yet 
But the fact that Blizzard was willing to completely scrap the MMO that they were working on, Titan, and they're they're willing to just scrap entire projects, and then they grabbed a couple parts and made Overwatch. So the fact that they have such a good understanding of gameplay, and the fact that their games do come out not always terribly balanced, but they do come out very polished. And so for them to tackle the survival genre, which we both love, if they come out with a super polished version of Rust... I could see oh, that man. doing incredibly well. You know, I would like to think that it will be more like Rust than Valheim because Blizzard always allows for PvP, mm-hmm. right? I, I mean, a lot of their games, that's the nature of it. And even if it's not the nature of it, then they at least incorporate it in some way. Even with Diablo 4, I mean, that, that we just they just talked about, hey, we'll have the Fields of uh, Blood or whatever they called it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I forget the name, but it's like, you know, you can do PvP. So I I am excited for that. I hope that's the case um, because it really adds to survival games that you actually have to survive against other players as well. I feel like it just heightens the tension, really ups the ante on those. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And then moving into our last story of the week, there is a free-to-play game made by Ubisoft called X Defiant. It is in closed beta here over this week. And... This is a first-person arena shooter, but let's be honest, it's just Ubisoft Call of Duty. And Josh, are you excited about an Ubisoft game? Because I am. I... (laughs) (laughs) Who saw this coming? Not me. I got robbed by a sweet old lady on a motorized cart. I didn't even see it coming. I, I this is I almost want to like <laughs> issue an apology to Ubisoft, but I'm not gonna because all their other games are kind of crappy and boring now. But I'll tell you what, man, I did not know that X Defiant even existed like two days ago. And then we had a, a buddy of ours, um, you know, he said, hey, this game looks good. This is my next multiplayer game. And I said, oh, what's this? We started digging into it. And I am excited about this game, dude, because it looks super good. This is a fast paced first person shooter, a la call of duty, which, you know, I'm not a huge fan of. I've never really gotten into, but, but it is fast paced. It almost reminds me of Titanfall's multiplayer. A little bit. Movement was very crisp and clean and fast, you know, aim down sights. Time is quick, you know, um, time to kill seems spot on. And it looks polished as anything. They said it's going to release with 14 maps, which is great because who loves playing the same three maps over and over again? You have all of the different Ubisoft factions from their various games. So you have the Splinter Cell faction. Yeah. Right? You have the cleaner faction from Division. (laughs) You have your hackers from Watch Dogs. Like it takes from all of these franchises. You have classes in in a game, which I am a huge fan of. Um, and the classes matter. They say you're going to want to build your team with different classes and they all do different things. You have kind of like a healer class. You have a, a like an offensive class, a defensive class. You have your tech class, tons of gadgets, super crisp gameplay. The graphics look good. Everything I have seen about this game just really makes me go, I want to play that. And I'm not super big on the really fast paced, repetitive Call of Duty like type of game. They can be a lot of fun, but I tend to just get tired of them after like a week or so because it just seems like, you know, it's the same thing over and over again. But this looks really good and it's going to be free to play. Yeah. So like in Call of Duty, you have to play a lot and level up and you unlock guns and you unlock attachments 
all of that is an X Defiant as well. But whereas Call of Duty for me can sometimes become a little over technical because it's just solely weapon combat, the fact that this incorporates different abilities, like one class can go stealth and you see that you earn ultimates and like one guy's using a flamethrower, another guy activates wall hacks where you can see where all the characters are behind buildings. So that kind of stuff, I love when they build it into the game because for me, it really ups the fun factor of it. I know it makes the games harder to balance, but for me, Call of Duty, you'd get people who would just bunker down in corridors and they never move. And, you know, to me, that really grinds the gameplay down to a halt. This does not seem to have that at all. And on top of that, the level design looks spectacular. So I was watching, I don't know what it's supposed to be. It almost looks like a, a Google type company campus. And so you see that there's areas where you fight outside. There's areas where you run inside and there's like, slides and there's arcade machines and there's an an incredible use of color it really looked great there's running jumping climbing shooting i mean we know ubisoft can have good gunplay we have rainbow six siege rainbow six siege also to me sometimes can be a little too sweaty kind of grinds a little bit to a halt so for this to be a faster paced call of duty type of game to me it made a lot of business sense as well because it's free to play a lot of people, I think, are going to jump at the chance to play this as opposed to paying $70 for the new Call of Duty that drops every year. Here, you're going to be able to play for free. Yeah, I like a lot of what they did. You mentioned the gun attachments. They showed that off. Like, that's just fun. You know, finding that sight that you like or the way to control your recoil or, or you know, hey, I'm more of like a, a mid-range guy. I don't need long-range accuracy and stuff like that. Um, it's just... I, you know, they're doing the closed beta. I think they said this game is planned to release like soon. I, we don't know <laughs> what soon means, if it means by the end of summer or by the end of 2023. But I have not been excited for a pure first person arena based shooter in a while. And this one actually got me excited. Now, the finals I thought looked really good too. But, you know, what a good time to want to play first-person shooters for free because we have the finals coming out and now we have x defiant coming out and both of those games look really fun to me which one are you more hyped for i'm actually x defiant believe it or not uh just from what i saw it just looks cleaner it looks crisper and i think i like the speed of the game a little bit more and i like the classic i love having classes man because it's like oh, I suck at offense because I tend to just run in and get myself killed. But if I play the guy that's the defense guy, I'm way better, you know? And so it just, it lets me find kind of my niche in in games like that. And so I think that's one reason I like them so much, but I am more hyped for X Defiant than I am the finals. And it did look shockingly well-polished from at least the gameplay that I saw. You and I have not played the beta. I'm hoping to be able to get my hands on this one sooner than later. But yeah, between this and the finals, we've got some good multiplayer stuff coming up soon that I can't wait to play. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up everything here for our show today. As a reminder, please go check out. I know it goes so fast. Please go check out MultiplayerSquad.com where you can sign up on Patreon. Make sure to follow us everywhere on socials at MultiplayerPod. Um, I, I, this was a fun episode. I love being able to come in and just sing games praises. I don't like coming in as the negative Nancy. If, if, if you listened to our Squadcast episode, it was, it was a little more negative news on like Redfall and things like that. Oh, I just yeah. like to be able to, to talk positively about games dude and we're getting good ones 
so many good games coming out. So like, it's going to be like one of the best summers of gaming ever, <laughs> man. We've got Tears of the Kingdom. We've got Jedi Survivor. We've got Diablo. We've got Baldur's Gate. We've got, I, I mean, there's just, there, what comes out at the end of August? I'm forgetting some big names here, but it's like, dude, there's so many good games coming up. I am so excited. It's going to be great. Makes me a little more nervous for Dead Island 2 because I feel yeah. like in a normal year I would be really hyped about it oh, and I man. feel like it's releasing in the middle of all these like potentially all-timer kind of games. Yeah. So Dead Island 2, I'm a little I'm a little nervous about only because of the context where it's releasing against other great games. Yeah, it's like having your birthday be like three weeks before Christmas, where it's yeah. like, all right, I'm going to get a present for my birthday, but I'm really looking forward to Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it's a good analogy. All right. Well, thank you to everyone out there for listening to the episode. Until next time, happy gaming. All right. See you, everybody.